This B-Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. Loved and trusted by more than 1 million teachers, IXL enhances your teaching and takes work off your plate so you can make an even bigger impact on your students. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights. Strengthen daily instruction, close knowledge gaps quickly, and set every student up for success. Want to bring IXL to your school? Learn more at IXL.com B-E. That's IXL.com B-E. Welcome to A Vision for Learning. I am excited to have on the program today Matt Shosi, who's the founder of CareerView XR. Matt, welcome to A Vision for Learning. Hey, thanks, Jethro. Appreciate being here. Yeah. So first, why don't you tell us what people should look forward to from our conversation today? I think some exciting speculation about what's coming in the world of learning, bridging the gap between the digital world and the real world and creating learning, immersive learning spaces that have never been possible before. And you are someone who would know. Tell us about what CareerView XR is and, and why you're someone who knows about this space. Yeah. So CareerVXR is, we're an ed tech product. It is a library of immersive field trip and job shadow experiences that are all filmed in the real world. And we use 360 degree media filming real people performing real jobs in real environments to bring job sites into the classroom through standard devices like desktop, tablet, mobile, but also through virtual reality headsets and hopefully soon augmented reality headsets like the Apple Vision Pro. Yeah. So I've I've known you for a while now and you've been on my other podcast, Transformative Principle. And one of the things that I really appreciate about our conversation today is where we kind of riffed on this idea of creating a lab for anything wherever you are. And so I think that idea of being able to bring whatever you want to you is really powerful. And it's going to take a lot of coordination and collaboration between people to make those kinds of things happen. And it's really exciting what people are going to come up with over time. So I'll get to my interview with Matt here in just a moment. Matt, talk to us about how you see the Apple Vision Pro changing the landscape that you've been in for a while now. Uh, honestly, I think Apple Vision Pro and the inevitable chain of devices that are going to be developed to mirror it are going to they're going to change the landscape for how we engage with computers, how we engage with digital media just as much as the iPhone did. It's going to take some time, I think for that to happen, but this era we're entering of spatial computing where you when you have Apple Vision Pro, you don't need a screen right? Your screen can be a virtual one. You can have as many of them as you want. You can create a movie theater in your living room and tune out everything else that's around you visually for as long as you want to. I mean, it's just, it is, it's hard to speculate on what it will become because a lot of folks, I bet even a lot of folks at Apple don't even know what direction our developer is going to take it. What do, what are the things that users are going to come up with? It's going to be a revolution in how we engage with digital media. I feel the same way. And I feel like right now the price is out of reach for a lot of people, certainly for schools, 
for every kid to have one, of course, but like that may not be the point. It may be an opportunity. Like when you do your stuff with CareerView XR, like not every single kid has a device in that situation, right? It's one at a time or a couple at a time. And that's what, what makes it valuable is that individualized attention. Did I get something wrong there? No, I think there's definitely value in that individualized piece of it, but there, I think that with immersive media, the delivery mechanism really depends on the outcomes that, that you're looking for. I mean, a platform like CareerView XR can be viewed on standard devices, so, you know, non, non-VR, non-AR devices. It can also be viewed in immersive rooms, like immersive, immersive realities, walk-in rooms that, where you can engage in a space. But I think that the real differentiator with something like Apple Vision Pro is, yes, it is a one-to-one device, but it's more than just a viewer. It is, it gives you an opportunity to interact with objects in your space. It's mixed reality. It's true mixed reality where the objects are within your space and it's kind of a convergence of the virtual world and your real world. And that's something that just, it, you know, Microsoft had the HoloLens years ago, HoloLens 2, they've kind of pulled back on their work there. And what Apple's doing with Apple Vision Pro is... Okay, it feel, feels like light years ahead of where it had been even just a year ago. And I haven't even tried the thing yet. I've only seen the video that they put together, but the enhanced field of view, all of those things, it just, I get the sense that this is going to, this is going to build the same sort of just passionate follower that's, that the iPhone did. So you've been in this space with CareerView XR for a while. So why do you feel like this is so different than like MetaQuest or whatever other things have been out there already? It's important to make a distinction between virtual reality and augmented or mixed reality. The initial versions of you know, Vive's headsets, MetaQuest headsets, those were all virtual reality where you're looking at a, a screen that is basically making you feel like you're someplace else. Now, MetaQuest 3 has really good pass-through, and they're, and I believe ViVision Pro has pass-through as well. And th- those devices, they're great for being able to kind of see what's in your world and in- engage with digital objects in your world. I think the biggest difference is they have their own, they have their own ecosystem, they have their own devices. But Apple Vision Pro, it is the Apple store. All of your apps are accessible. The ones you already know are can now be consumed in this immersive way. And I think that's the biggest differentiator right now is it's not a separate marketplace or ecosystem. It's an enhancement to Apple's already really strong ecosystem. That idea is really powerful. And I want to stay there for just a moment because one of the things that I've we've been hearing about in the news recently is that certain apps like YouTube and Netflix are not going to have a vision pro compatible app on launch day. You can still use it in Safari. And so you can still access these things, but then there are other apps like the cooking app that I just love where the developer is actively preparing a release for day one of the thing, the app's called Crouton. And just looking at his stuff on threads, I can see what he's doing and how cool it's going to be to experience that. And like, he even showed a quick little demo of 
walking through the steps of creating your meal in your kitchen and saying like, okay, here's my counter and here's how big of a pan I need. What does that look like in my actual space? And how much is this actually going to make? Like, I don't know how far down that road he's gone because he didn't show that or anything, but just that idea of like not even having the vision pro, let me just say this app has helped me be, be a better cook because of how it's designed, that's not an insignificant thing, you know, and what this guy is dreaming up for how it's going to interact with the vision pro, I think is going to be really amazing. I can't wait to see what that's like and what that feels like and what the experience is. Absolutely. And as you know, AI tools get more and more developed and we've got 3d, 3d animations and models that's, that are powered by AI technologies. Imagine now having a digital version of him who is standing in your space and is able to observe and help correct you as you might be making, not measuring things appropriately or using the wrong utensil. I mean, there's also, it's not there yet, but that is where it, it will get. I mean, we've all, we've seen the movies about, you know, the robot helper that's in your space that does the laundry for you, that sort of thing. And, you know, maybe we'll get there too, but that's a big piece of hardware, right? Imagine now having something like that, but it's all digital and it's just presented to you in an individualized way for the particular task that that you're doing. I don't think we're that far off from those sorts of things. Okay, so get this. One of my weaknesses that I really struggle with is fixing anything in my house, like any mechanical thing. I just suck at it. It's incredibly emasculating. Is that the word where it makes me feel like I'm not a man because I can't do it? Like, it's just... Matt, let me tell you, it is tough. So our washing machine broke. I ordered a part that I thought was going to fix it because I consulted with somebody and they're like, this is the part you need. I ordered it. It came. It was totally different from the part that it was replacing or that I thought it was replacing. And I was just so frustrated that I just said, okay, we're just going to go buy a new washing machine. 500 bucks, like it's worth it to not have to deal with this. We've already been without a washing machine for a week and a half. Now, for me personally, that's just my own weakness, right? But then I was thinking, like, what if I put this headset on and I call this guy on Zoom and I say, you look at what I'm looking at and let's walk through this process together and you tell me what to do and where to go and how to like do these different things. How incredibly powerful would that be to like, we, cause you, this is all going back to that idea of the enhancement of the current offerings because zoom, like I can have a zoom call and point at what I'm doing. And what you don't get is you don't get depth. It's all flat. And with this, I imagine if I could, if I can point the cameras out and see what the person can see, what I see, instead of just seeing the superimposed face that Apple's going to create, if they can see what I can see, that would be incredibly powerful to say, no, go two inches back. That's the screw that you need to unscrew. Yeah. That's the part. And then being able to like look at that part and s- doing a search, like like you said, with AI that says, okay, this is the part. I see as we're doing this, I saw the model number for your washer. I see the part and I can go through this database and find that specific part and be able to show you exactly what you need. Then pull up a video saying, here's how you replace this thing on your specific model with your specific part. Like, oh my gosh, Matt, that's just mind blowing to think 
I might able be might be able to repair things in my own home. And so take that even a step further, yeah. right? Yes, and watching yeah, watching a video, that's one thing. But imagine the entire process can now be replicated in front of your eyes in three dimensions. What is what what's possible with these with spatial computing and this emergence of these new technologies is that bolt or that screw that you're pulling out, you can potentially tap on it and have it highlighted and it'll tell you how do you get what size is the bolt when you pull it out and set it down where did you put it that one of my <sighs> achilles heels is where the hell did i put the hardware that i pulled out of this thing you know granted you would have to it would have to if you moved it when it wasn't in your view you would lose it but i, I bet they're working on a solution for the, those types mm-hmm. of things too but you could watch the entire process fold out digitally before you even touched a tool yeah and yeah that that's coming it's already here in in an industrial setting there there are workplace training programs i believe that have been done through hololens that's like boeing mechanics being able to the intricate pieces and all of the fittings and things that go into aircraft maintenance being able to watch and observe that i mean those types of things have already been done at an enterprise level and it's coming for consumers now too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that really that's Apple's strength, right? Is taking that enterprise level, the things that have been for corporations and bringing it to the masses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing that I was thinking about with, with how they approach this is that they are opinionated about how they design their solutions. Apple is right. And so they say like, this is how you need to use it and how it needs to be accessible. Whereas by taking that stance, they're saying, this is what we believe this is for. I saw a video the other day of Facebook's meta quest or meta quest three, having a video explaining what it could do and in a work environment, which they haven't really talked about a ton before and kind of in an answer to what, what Apple is doing, which is pushing productivity as a main use for this device. And certainly there's a lot of consumption in there as well, but they're talking about, you know, adding keynotes on there and stuff like that. And I'm curious to see how that works in practice and how, you know, the work that I do on a day-to-day basis, will that be easier or more difficult or what? And so I think about those types of things and how Apple's saying, this is how we are pitching it and how we're viewing people using it as productivity and what that means for the user and what they can do. So there are certain limitations that exist by design because they want it to be used in a certain way. What What's your thought and take on that? I, I think it's going to be the same as we've got the iPhone camp and you've got the Android mm-hmm. phone camp, right? Folks who love Apple products, they love that it is a little more closed off and they tell you, here's how to best use it. Whereas the Android camp is more, I want to kind of choose my own destiny a bit more and have more latitude with what we can do within 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 the devices, within the platform. I think the same thing's going to happen. I mean, Vive has their XR Elite that has really great pass-through, high resolution, and does very similar. It's on an Android operating system. We're gonna have we're gonna have the two camps, right? Apple's coming out with all of these, the design is quintessentially Apple. <laughs> you look at it like obviously that's an Apple device, right? But Really, it's going to come down to 
the user and what their preferences are. I certainly don't think that the Vision Pro is going to be the only headset people have. There, there are other great headsets out there. MetaQuest 3 is a good one. The Vive XR Elite is a phenomenal pa- headset with pass-through. But it's going to come down to user preference ultimately. And I think it's going to kind of fall into the two camps. Again, the Apple camp and the Android camp. Yeah. So I want to go back to something that you said before about this. You gave the example of Boeing mechanics and learning how to do things. What's your perspective on how this will this approach will impact learning opportunities, not just you know at a high industrial level like Boeing mechanics, but also on an individual basis? We started talking about that a little bit, but I want to go spend a little more time chatting about that. Yeah, I mean... It's unprecedented, really, right? You can, when you have this ability to interact with digital objects in your space, you can create any number of more realistic simulations. I know we've got a a company that we've worked, Victory XR. They've got a really great chemistry lab that's, I mean, thinking about a chemistry lab that's not just virtual reality, but imagine now that VR chemistry lab is augmented reality or mixed reality, where you can lay out everything on your actual table, not a virtual table in, in, in a virtual space, but you have now it, and you know, you pour and it flows just like it normally would. And you're engaging with it within your real world. I think it, it provides all kinds of opportunities to convert real world learning spaces into any sort of lab you might want. I remember the Magic Leap years ago, they had had all these advertisements and they were showing the whale jumping out of the gymnasium floor and splashing down. And I was like, oh my God, I want one of those. How can I buy a Magic Leap? I'm like, no, they don't. This was a hype video that, that doesn't exist yet. Those types of that conceivably does exist with Apple Vision Pro and inevitably the technologies that are going to follow. I don't know if there's there is syncing with those things yet. I think ultimately for classroom instruction, the ability to sync all of those things and you're doing an experiment and all the you've got these 3D models in front of you and everybody's vantage point is it's as if that object was there in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to become incredibly valuable for education. But right now, I mean, if it's a school has one of these things, it's a student one-off doing their own thing yeah. as opposed to it being a collaborative classroom activity. And that's, it will get there. It absolutely will get there. There are already some really cool VR solutions that are doing that. And it's just a matter of time before that progresses into the augmented and mixed reality realm. Here's the next piece that I want to talk about because you, all these things are really cool ideas, but somebody has to make those right. And somebody has to create all the models and all the graphics and all that kind of stuff. You've been doing this for a while with Caribio XR, so you know what it takes to create that kind of stuff. How challenging is that? And is it going to become easier? Like, is it just, is it going to be as easy as like filming these things with a Vision Pro on and then being able to just replicate that? Talk about the creation aspect of creating these types of experiences. Like, I, so it's a little bit of a mixed bag. Just we, Early on, we kind of saw the writing on the wall that the hardware is going to continue to improve and improve. And we need to be really mindful to not create content that is tethered to one particular device. And our path forward with, so I'll talk about CareerView XR as an example. 
and then we can kind of dive into to others. But we create 360 degree media that essentially is it's not an interactive 3D object. It's an environment that you are within. So when that's being accessed on a standard device, it's like a home virtual tour that you can spin the images around and you can navigate and you can tap on hotspots. When it's in a virtual reality space, it's a video that you're within and you're completely immersed in one location observing what a career is like. Now, we start to extend that to to the augmented or mixed reality arena, the presentation of the content itself, it's still going to be a video that you're within. You're not going to be able to talk to the person that's in the video that we've created. But with a mixed reality device, think about the interface menu, right? It's, it is no longer, it doesn't have to be a flat screen that you're choosing what you pick. It could be a series of video orbs that are floating around your room like the planets and you decide oh i want to bring that one over to me and then i'm going to put that one on and feel what it's like to be in this career that there are so many it's not just the content itself it's how we engage and interact with the content that is the huge differentiator when we start going into this mixed reality realm it is digital content in your real world. And I think that the companies that are going to do really well in that space are the ones that are ready to, like you talked about the cooking app where the developer is already figuring out, okay, how do we use spatial within this? The companies that are thinking about platform agnostic content that transcends the various pieces of hardware that it's accessed on, those are the ones that are going to be doing the best in the next three, five, seven, ten 10 years. Yeah. I think that's a really important point. Also, one thing that we can really draw from as a benefit from what Apple has done is you've been able to, for years with your phone, see a thing in, in augmented reality there in your space where you can like, you know, from their Apple store, you can buy a get a monitor and see what it looks like in your space. And that's actually been pretty nicely done. I imagine, not a developer, but I imagine that they've probably done a lot of that heavy lifting for you. That if you say this is the model and these are the dimensions, then a lot of that, and you have a 3D rendering of it, a lot of the other stuff of what it looks like here is going to be taken care of. What what do you think there? Yeah, absolutely. A 3D model is a 3D model. And as long as it's right in the right file format, it doesn't matter if you're viewing it through an AR app on a phone or it's loaded into a virtual reality app and you're viewing it in VR versus it's being placed on a table in front of you in augmented reality through through a wearable device like, like Apple Vision Pro. Really what's changed here is the the infrastructure, the idea of digital objects being positioned in space has been around for years. What Apple's doing is they're creating a new window to see into that. Definitely an area that I need to do more learning about. The other thing that I'm that I'm thinking is when we sold our home in Fairbanks, Alaska, they used a Matterport camera, a 3D yep. camera. Is that what you use also? We had looked at using Matterport early on. Matterport is a great solution for residential real estate tours. And they were actually early stage when we got started. We diverged from going down the real estate routes and really focusing more on telling immersive stories. So for what we do, our ours is our arena is 360 video that has action going on within the scenes. Whereas a Matterport camera is really more about scanning 
a facility, a building, a, a home. Mm-hmm. That said, scanning with a camera like Matterport, there's no reason that um, the models that are created through that or through like an enhanced LIDAR scanner or the other hardware technologies that allow you to create a 3D space, there, there's no reason that digital media couldn't be brought into the environments that, that we view in a device like Apple, Apple Vision Pro. I don't know how true this is. I, someone was telling me the other day that it was a, the... Notre Dame was scanned with LIDAR. There was a 3D model that was created of it for the video game. I think it was Assassin's Creed. Okay. Maybe that, okay. that I'm, this is like third or fourth hand, sure. but so someone's going to have to fact check yeah. this. Yeah. Asterisk. Yeah. But being able to have a space like that, that then is used in the reconstruction of the cathedral. If it's that accurate, oh, yeah. there are going to be things that there is going to be, digital tourism. I mean, being able to bring the cathedral into your home and feel like you're walking through it or a facet of it. Um, There's put Michelangelo's painting of the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel on your living room ceiling. These are the kinds of things that are going to be possible. And it's funny because we used to work in travel and tourism. We did a lot of 360 degree photography and video in travel and tourism. And there was a fear in the industry that, oh, if you do that, then people aren't going to want to come. And that's not the case at all. What happens is they get a taste of it. And you know that someone who's really passionate about that space or that experience, they're going to want to go have it in person. It's just like, you know, if you love going to the Smithsonian, you don't go once and you're like, okay, I'm never going to go again. I've been there, done that. You go again mm-hmm. and again. And I think that there's a huge opportunity here to inspire interest in a world of locations that we've never been able to get access to before and do that as not just an, an immersive virtual reality space, but as change your window. I want to look out my window and I want to see Mount Everest in real time. I mean, those things are coming. Yeah. And in some ways they're already here. Right. And which is what you were saying before that the Apple vision pro gives a new window to look at that. And so rather than having a live webcam view of something, you can literally take that live view and make it your entire surroundings which is just incredible. Now, in theory, you can. I don't know if that is possible just yet or if somebody's going to have a 360 camera live feed all the time that you can experience, but that would be a pretty amazing thing to see and experience and have as part of what you're doing. So, Matt, we've just scratched the surface really here, and and obviously you have a ton more information in your brain that you could share with us, but I appreciate you being here. And, and if somebody wants to get in touch with you about what you're doing, what's the best place for them to go to, to connect with you personally? Um, yeah, I go out to our website, www.careerviewxr.com. We've got a contact form. You can connect to us out there or check out some free experiences. Also feel free to shoot me an email directly at matt at careerviewxr.com. I'm happy to riff on <laughs> any of this stuff with folks. I, I, this is all speculation, right? It's it's going to be crazy. There are going to be things that are going to be happening that we can't even imagine and love having these conversations and also getting ideas for how do we make sure that the career product stays, stays on top of all this. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you so much for being part of a vision for learning. And it was great chatting with you today. Great. Thanks, Jethro.